You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. I am a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist, and I've spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create hot and healthy sexual and intimate relationships. As you know, we are working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. And you'll notice that the letters are out of order, but we managed to skip Z or Z. Um, and so we're putting it in a little bit out of order. So please excuse. But this week, Z is for Zaftig. And the word Zaftig means having a full rounded figure. So if you're thinking Rubenesque woman, curvy woman, that's what a Zaftig woman looks like. So joining me for a discussion of all things curvy is Lisa Robin Deutsch. She's also known as Lisa Love. She's a multifaceted, creative, heart-focused, passionate entrepreneur who's been involved in spaces devoted to fashion and design, Hollywood, and all the way through to the world of art. She's got a book coming out today, which she will be talking about later in the show, and I'm really glad to welcome her here. Hey. Hello. Good to see you. So I love this concept of Zoftig um, because it reminds me of the sort of Rubenesque paintings and the fact that it's only in modern times that we look at women as um, that we look at them physically as they should be very slender and often very boyish. Many of our models are very boyish, but actually, if you look back at the older paintings, going back from 1900s, 1930s, even and on back, even in the 1950s, what you have is a much rounder figure and a much more natural figure, because most women aren't boyish. So, what do you think of 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 that kind of concept of curvy and round, and the idea um, of how it fits within our history? Well, uh, it's a very apropos subject, actually. Um, I was born with large boobs, <laughs> and m- both my grandmas were endowed and just our heritage, Russian Jewish, and my mother didn't. And um, I always wanted to do a reduction. I don't know if I always wanted to do a reduction. It just wasn't really talked about. And it was definitely, I'm petite. I'm only 5'3". And it was, I'm athletic, so it was hard on my back and all that. And I actually finally did a reduction, which was amazing. And then now, as I've gotten older, I've gained some weight. And when I gain weight, that's where it goes. And as a kid, I was called some of the most beautiful women. Sophia Loren, um, who, you know, was, you know, this is before people did the fake boobs. Right. Um, yeah. And just like gorgeous, voluptuous, um, you know, womenly. And I was always ashamed of it growing up, uh, dating. It was never like, you know, something that the women who would have fake ones would always show them and I would always hide them. And it is really true because you look at those paintings and they just, or who they are as, as rounder women are more voluptuous. Whereas now the models, everything is about being so skinny and, 
and um, you're right, more boyish. So it's something that I am at this point in my life um, really trying to embrace. You know, my thought is, do I do another reduction? Because, you know, it's hard to fit into certain clothes and so forth. I'm smaller other areas. And then I'm like, all right, then certain business where one of my businesses uh, is real estate and you don't want to be too, you know, revealing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's something that I've actually struggled with and I'm still trying to figure out. So I think there is a beauty to being voluptuous and uh, who you are. So whether you have larger breasts or larger bottom or, you know, but our society it doesn't embrace it like it used to, like you said. And there are women, I think, that are very classy. I think of Sophia Loren, who must be 80 now, um, where it can be very classy and beautiful in whatever you're wearing. Um, you know, it's funny because I find one of the things I find interesting is that it's that there's almost this sort of drive to pick and choose which body parts now. You know, we, you know, you can. You can add to your butt because, you know, having a big butt is is considered a good thing depending on what kind of big. So now people are getting butt implants and, you know, they get breast implants and butt implants and um, lip implants and, you know, and, and sort of creating instead of an emphasis on actually us learning to love what we have, and make make the best, not in a negative way, because when people say make the best, they usually think of that as, well, make the best of because, you know, you don't have something else that's preferable. But actually capitalize on our strengths, the things that we have. Um, learn how to dress, for example, in a way that shows off our assets and minimizes the areas we don't like so much, um, rather than actually kind of trying to design a body. You know, which I, I, I always get the feeling that that's now become a common option as opposed to the exception to the rule. Surgery is very popular, um, even down to surgery for the vulva, you know, to try and make that look a certain way. Rather than actually looking at what we have and embracing what we have and um, really championing our own assets. It, it, it makes me sad that we don't seem to be able to do that as women, despite the progress we've made. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's like you have curly hair, you want straight hair. Um, you're, I always want to be 5'10", I'm 5'3", you know. Um, and I, I would say, even as you get older, you know, then you're aging, so then you got more wrinkles and, you know, all that. But it is sad. And it is something that I think every woman struggles with. Um, and it's our society, too, of age, of, you know, body parts, of the way that we look at magazines, the way people talk. I'll tell you one thing, too. I think uh, the book that I launched, it just came out today. It's a collab book with women. And I'm also a yoga teacher, meditation teacher. And... Um, Really, this women empowering women, I think, is really important. And it's very easy for another person. My daughter is going through her pretty hard now at 15 in school. Her best friend now is just shifting and making all these other girls not like her. And she's very pretty and she's very sweet. And, you know, we need more of women being there for other women. And um, 
and our own self-talk for sure. Absolutely. I mean, I think we're still not socializing young women to collaborate, to championing each other, to working together. We still socialize young women into an idea that there is a scarcity of partners. There's a scarcity of resources out there for a woman, and therefore women need to compete. Um, And uh, unfortunately, I haven't seen a lot of change in that over the last 30 years. There just seems, still seems to be that the attitude that mothers are bringing to their daughters, which is this idea of competing in a really negative way, you know, not competing so that people strive to do their best, which, you know, some competition can do, but competing for a scarce resource instead of understanding that there's abundance, there's plenty of love out there for everyone. And, and if we work with each other and we collaborate, then we create more of what we want and, 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 um, we really create that abundance and further that abundance. We still have this, you know, if a young woman is very pretty, then she's somebody to be attacked because she's seen as a threat rather than embraced. Well, and beauty is all sizes, all shapes, all colors, everything. And I think it's our world of competition period. And women have had to work harder. It's still that man's world. So, you know, you're t- brought up with competition. I grew up with a very strong mother in, a, in the um, work world who was working 40 years ago. And uh, then I grew up with brothers. And then I worked in Hollywood that 30 years ago, I was the head of my department. And there were no women head of departments, no women directors, producers, director, photographers. Um, and it was always me and all men. And so you're brought up in this competition world and whether it's a man or a woman, a different shape, uh, it's just the way people talk and the way people are about each other. It's, it's really sad. And I think people don't even realize it, you know, just like, Oh, right away. They want to talk about somebody bad is successful or, Oh, he's this or she's that. It's like, Whoa, like talk and we might have our talk in our head, which we can hear and understand that it's not real and it's that insecurity in our stuff, but it's also the way that we speak, the power of speech. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think people are at least becoming more aware of this, Um, but it takes each one of us to change the way that we are. Um, And, you know, I'm in, I'm in real estate in Malibu, no less, which is a very competitive area and wealthy area. And, you know, what, there's 500 agents here. And it's so easy to, to talk negative or to say something bad about somebody. I mean, what is really real or not with that? You know, it's yeah. really, it's, it's our tendency to say, oh, he's this or she's that or, yeah. So it is a practice. And, um, you know, we all are working hard to be happy. And we are all put here together. I don't think one person is more gifted. You know, I think we can all do what we want to do. And I think just noticing our blessings and, you know, listening. There, we're, We are also, when you go through very difficult things, and I've been through a lot in my life, you know, we are here for each other. You know, we're, well, you're going to fall. Yeah. And, and I think if you hear that and you see that and you ask for the help, um, it shows up. So somehow, so, go ahead. We're just about to go to break. 
I want to talk more about this because I think the idea of, of actually, um, first of all, being able to ask for help, looking at your own self-talk and looking at the way that you communicate with others, but that ability when you're in dark times to ask for help and, and see it coming makes actually a really big difference to people's gratitude and their, their way of sitting in the world so that they're able to look in a, in a kind of a rounder picture. But we'll be back in a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Over 20 million people in America struggle with substance use. This impacts both the people who are using and loved ones who are trying to help. Still, there is hope. Tune in to the Beyond Addiction Show with host Josh King. You'll hear from experts and get the real information you need to understand and assist in change. Change can be hard. It doesn't have to be confusing. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey everybody, welcome back to the A to Z of sex and it is Z is for Zoftik and I am with the lovely Lisa Robin Deutsch, also known as Lisa Love and we are talking, before the break we were talking about, um, we went from curves to um, talking about how competition ends up impacting all of us and how important it is for us to be able to actually look at the way that we talk about others and the way that we talk about ourselves in order to collaborate more and to bring more of that abundance into life. So you were saying how hard it is when people go through hard times, but when they see that others are there for them, that it really changes their outlook. Yeah. I think one of the things is we're so busy, this word busy, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm still old school, New York. I want to call you. I don't want to text you. I want to do this. I mean, you you know, you're with a man who I've known 30 years and is a dear friend and is a beautiful connection we have through him. And, uh, we need more of that face to face. Absolutely. Yeah. That's kind of missing, but, um, just the beauty of, you know, love and connection. We, we're here to help each other. And, you know, people always look at each other's lives and like, oh, she has the best life. And really, I think we look at, especially as you're getting older, everyone has a story. 
everybody has been through stuff. Nobody has a great life. The way the person has a greater life is they've worked at it. Absolutely. They've worked at being happier. They've worked at, you know, what makes them happy. Um, you know, and our, our 2020 has definitely, you know, been, I think, this time where we're all realizing there's these podcasts and shows and people are talking more authentically about gratitude and about wanting a better life and uh, being here for each other and how important that is. Yeah, I mean, I think I am old school, too, and also originally from New York, New Jersey. So um, the idea of communicating face-to-face, um, I can't just text people. I just, you know, I just drives me crazy. You know, pick up the phone, we'll have a conversation. It's a lot faster, actually, than texting. You know, but... It's, it's that connection that's missing. And I fear we're losing the art of conversation entirely because so much happens just in writing. And I, don't get me wrong, I write a lot. So, and I love the art of written, um, of written engagement. I love writing stories. I love um, sharing fantasy. And I love sharing writing with other people. You know, um, writing letters is wonderful still. You know, all of that. But... There is an art to conversation that is lost when you're texting. And I fear that the younger generation hasn't a clue how to actually speak and converse because everything is done um, via text and via the Internet. Yeah, they do a lot of FaceTime, though. Uh, like when my daughter does homework, you know, she's ninth grade now, and she they all FaceTime. There's like four or five, and they're all talking that way, and... I think that's a, I don't know if it's newer in the last year because they're on the phones a lot, um, but I think it really is. So I think that's great at least. So they really do a lot of FaceTime. No, I guess so. Better than texting. Yeah, better than texting. Yeah, well, I've been doing this 21-day meditation with Deepak Chopra and Oprah, and this one mm-hmm. is on health. And one of the ones that he talks about is about this, how we are losing uh, that connection because of social media. Uh, it's not the same. You know, you look at your likes or, I mean, the positive is you get to do things like this. You're in London, I'm in Malibu. Right. You know, there are some incredible parts or, or dating. You know, I've met wonderful men through dating sites. Um, but then what happens after you go on a date, you know? <laughs> then it's like, oh, the texting or do you call and, yeah, or people, well, when you call, do they pick up? You know, all of that. Very fascinating having, to me, too. I mean, I mean, having said that, you know, I mean, when um, when TJ and I met, we met in person first. We didn't meet online. Um, but we were able to be long distance until we were ready to live in the same area uh, because of the Internet. If there hadn't been video chatting, I don't know how we would have maintained the relationship because we we did Skype every day that I wasn't there or he wasn't with me. Um, and the only days we missed were travel days, you know, and we did that for five and a half years. So, wow. yeah, yeah. And we've now known each other for 11, which is amazing, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, in April he will have lived here for five years, so he'll be going up for his permanent his permanent residency. Wow. Yeah, permanently to remain because he's, he will have been with me for five years in this country. So um, it is pretty amazing. But, but it does 
I think it does sometimes discourage people from actually being in person. And it, and it also, I mean, we're doing video, so we can actually see who each other is. But you know, some of the social media stuff worries me. I mean, back to the idea of, of body size and shape and how we look and how we feel about ourselves and our presentation and our confidence. You know, there's um, lots of images that are done with filters and with, Photoshop and you're not actually seeing what somebody looks like and young people and older people compare themselves to what they're seeing and find themselves wanting, you know, and don't like the way they look and, and don't feel comfortable with the way they look or don't think they're attractive enough um, because they're comparing themselves to an unreal ideal. And I, and I think social media has actually made that worse. It's done the same thing with ideas, in my opinion, as well. So one person, you know, comes up with an idea or um, an understanding of something, and then everybody moves to the same idea. And there's less critical thought and less discussion and more parroting, in my view, um, with, with lo using lots of social media. Because, again, you're not necessarily having conversations. So the media that allows you to have conversations allows you to perform um, collaborative opinions and to really understand at depth. A meme doesn't give you any at depth understanding. Well, like how would you solve um, the chapter I wrote is called Beauty of Love. And when I met one of the publishers, one publisher is my friend whose company is, and the other one is her partner who lives in Maui. And I used to live in Maui, so I happened to be in Maui. And she said, Go, to, go meet her. So we had originally, I was going to speak on mother-daughter, and then uh, it turned into kind of self-love and aging and just feeling beautiful of who I was, and, you know, through my time in life of, you know, how I shared that, whether how I dressed or how I thought or what I do or my tools. And she says to me, well, what's it like being so beautiful? And I said, What? She said, oh, what was well, it like growing up so beautiful? I go, what do you mean? <laughs> and I was really like, what are you talking about? And she said, well, you're, you know, you're, you know, you're a great figure, you're beautiful, you're smart, whatever. And I really was like, I don't know if anyone's ever said that to me. Yes, I got compared to, you know, Natalie Wood, Sophia Loren, you know, all these poor Elizabeth Taylor, like Brooke Shields. But I guess I never looked at myself really as pretty. I mean, yes, I've gotten dressed up and I go out and I feel like oh you look gorgeous or whatever and I you know work out and stuff so I think women and their self image like how can we shift that like for everybody for all women for all girls and that is where it is embracing your body and who you are and that's where we talked from the beginning of, yeah. you know you see these beautiful paintings and you know it's but it, it, how do you, how do you change that? Yeah, you know, as you get older, you got lines. I don't want to ever do any plastic surgery, and people are do it, you know, at forty, fifty, whatever. And you know, how do you embrace like, oh, great, there's one coming up here. I love it. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah, no, I think that's great. So we're about to go to break, and we're going to pick that up when we come back after a word from our sponsors. See y'all in a couple minutes.
favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated with your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind-the-scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness, the why as well as the how, be sure to tune in each week. This show will inspire you to be healthy and happy for life, as well as become the best version of yourself. Listen Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Health and Wellness. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are, at home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This is the A to Z of sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails, too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. We're back with the A to Z of sex. It's Z is for Zoftig. This is part three, and I am talking with the amazing Lisa Robin Deutsch, also known as Lisa Love. And before the break, she asked the question, so how do we change this way that we look at each other, at ourselves, so that we can embrace what's there? Um, and I think it was interesting you talking about people say, you know, what was it like growing up beautiful? And... I have been told at various points in my life how beautiful I am. And because of the messages that I had growing up, um, that often doesn't sink. It doesn't sink in. I grew up, um, I'm also 5'3". And, um, and I was... Five, two and a half, by the way. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, but like, I'm over 50 now, so I don't know how much I've lost. At one time, I was 5'3 and 3 quarters. The last time they measured me, I was 5'3, so who knows, right? We're getting shorter. Um, but but I, I remember growing up, and I was, um, it was popular to be very slender, and I was never, I was always curvy, and I was never really large. But the image that I had of myself came from what was being fed back to me, which was, you're big, you're big, you're big. Um, And it was really interesting because I grew up in a neighborhood that was, you know, mostly Jewish and then there was some Italian and then a little bit of Irish. And that was that. And there weren't very many other nationalities in the area I grew up in. But nearby, there were lots of people um, of color. And when I used to walk down the street in those areas, I got all sorts of positive attention from men. And when I was amongst my peers, I got all sorts of negative attention for the same body. My way of coping with that was to go, I'll go for the people who like me. You know, they like me. I'm going to like them. Well, I hang around with people who are telling me I'm too big all the time. Um, But 
actually owning that I actually like what I see it was really difficult. And TJ and I were looking at some pictures of me from high school not so long ago. And I had said, well, I was big in high school. And so with eyes from now, looking back then, having not looked at the photograph of me at my junior prom in a million years, I looked at this picture of this girl who was skinny. You know, I mean, like I had lost weight for this thing, right? And I was curvy still, but I was quite slender. I mean, there was nowhere where you could have really picked and gone, oh my God, there's rolls, you know? And I'm like, what is it that I, all I could see in the mirror was I'm fat. Complete dysmorphia, which is not uncommon for so many young women who get the message that their body isn't okay and they internalize that. So they never see what's there when they look in the mirror. It took me aback and it took quite a period of time to actually get comfortable with what I see and say, okay, I'm older now. And, and whilst I have ideal and optimum weight sometimes, you know, the, some of the extra weight that I carry now is going to be there. Because I'm not willing to do what it would, I would need to do to get rid of it and maintain it, which is very different when you're over 50 than it is when you're, you know, 25. And to actually feel comfortable and own that and be able to look in the mirror and go, actually, I look like a million bucks and really feel that way, that took a ton of personal work. And there are still days where I look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, fuck's sake, you know, don't look at this and don't look at that. <laughs> you know, and he looks at me, we always, we have a battle because um, I was bigger when I, when, um, not when we met, but for a good portion of the time that we've been together, I'm bigger than I am now. And he is quite comfortable with me being where I'm comfortable, but he actually prefers me bigger. That's how he is, right? He likes the curves. And well, I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm never in danger of having no curves. But for him, it's like, yeah, you know, there will come a point where he'll say, no, don't get any smaller. Because I like that. And you're gorgeous how you are. And it's really kind of looking and being able to see yourself through the eyes of the other. And I, you know, you ask the question, how do we deal with this? How do we do this? How do we change this? We start teaching kids from a young age to celebrate what they have and celebrate their bodies and celebrate their beauty in whatever form it's coming in. And we start making, you know, being even more um, rigorous about putting other images into the media. We kind of make a little, at the moment, we make a, a little stab at it. You know, we've got plus size models and we've got, you know, every so often Vogue will do some, you know, spread that isn't your ordinary model, right? It's, it's somebody extraordinary. Well, like the gray hair, the white hair people yeah. are doing, right? My neighbor uh, has that and she's a surfer and vegan and she's in her 60s and she's, you know, they, they love it. There's another very famous woman here in Malibu and, you know, yeah, she's gorgeous, but she's let her hair be all white in her 60s and, you know, she's well-paid model. Yeah, so that showed up in the last, you know, uh, 10 years or well, couple years. Even. And it, it's kind of have to because we've got you've, there's an aging population as well. So we've got to do something yeah. to start embracing that. But I think it's got to start from young. I really do. I think we have to start learning to see what's there, which doesn't mean you don't make any changes. It doesn't mean you don't decide to dye your hair a color that you want to dye it. It doesn't mean. You know, if you want to have surgery that you don't have surgery, but it's starting from a place of actually being, seeing what is there, not seeing something projected that isn't. Um, and that is, that's, you know, training 
from family and friends and the reflection of love and beauty that you get as you're growing up rather than. Well, what would you say were your your tools? Because I still struggle with this. And what would you say were your tools besides your man saying he loved you at every si- any size or loves that? Like, what was your tools to say, like, you know, this is my body and I love me for me? I mean, me. you know, I use affirmation and I always have. I think um, some of it was getting rid of the, the, the trauma from earlier in life. So it was getting it was spending Ooh. time looking at the messages that I got and getting rid right. of the negative messages. Right. And I spent a lot of time working on that so that I could actually look in a mirror and see what was there. Um, And I still don't always see what's there. You know, there are days that I look in a mirror and I'm really happy with what I see. And there are other days that I look in the mirror and I know I'm not seeing what's what's there at all. You're like, is that me? Yeah. Well, and you know, I've been doing, so I've been doing more video interviews and I noticed like I'm looking at you and I'm really happy with this. When we put this up, I'll be happy with it. But I did one television interview and the angle of the camera was such, and I looked at my face and I looked to me so much older and so much worse. And I was like, what is that? How come I can get video that looks really good? And I'm not like angling down or anything. I'm just straight on. You know, how come I can get it? And, and when they do it, it looks so awful. Right. Well, I think we're critical, especially as we get older and kind of what my story is about in these pages. It's a collab book with 15 women around the world. One woman's 98. They're from all over and was that. So as we get older, it's not just about a pretty face or a pretty body. It's about a lot more as a woman to make yourself, to make you feel beautiful. So what makes Lisa feel beautiful is inspiring others in all I do. And, you know, with my art and speaking and now this book and even real estate helping others. So I'm happy making other people feel good and teaching them that. So that makes me feel beautiful. Well, and what I say to people, when people look at me and say, oh my God, you look so much younger than your age. And, and I hear that a lot. I see you're not seeing what's there. And they go, what do you mean? Because I firmly believe that what they're seeing is not just my physical form. They're seeing my passion and my joy at whatever's going on and what I'm doing. And when I'm passionate and when I'm you know, working with people or when I'm speaking or when I'm doing the things that I love, you know, then I'm absolutely radiant. And that's not coming from just this body or this space. That comes from inside. That's what people see. And then actually the key to beauty is how we feel. Because the better we feel, the better we look. And yeah, there was... There was like a month where every time I go out, people would say, what are you doing with your skin? Yeah. And I really wasn't doing anything different. I don't even have a good regimen and like a lot of women do. And it was, it was that inner happiness that was coming out. Yeah. No, and it's, it's, a, it's a big deal. And I think actually teaching people that when they're, when they are integrated, when they are feeling good, they will look good. You also do things to look better when you're feeling good. You know, you're, you put the t- more time in, um, you think about what you're putting on when you're feeling lousy, you know, you put on the closest thing to you, the comfy clothes or whatever. But when you're feeling good, you project that and you project all that radiance out into the world and it's reflected back. 
um, and that increases it as well. So we're just about a minute from break. When we come back, we'll talk more in the last segment about what other tools that we use to really deal with those times where maybe we're not feeling so great or there's, it's difficult to hold on to a positive self-image. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Addiction can affect our relationships, our families, our home, and work lives, but most importantly, ourselves. The recovery process can do wonders in the lives of people suffering from active addiction and also for those that love them. It's not just 12-step programs, but so much more. It's learning how to live life on life's terms. If you can relate to these issues or love someone who does, start with yourself. Start by tuning in to Miracles in Recovery with host Ray Lynch, Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Hope is in your corner. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is the A to Z of sex, featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails, too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. And we're back. This is the A to Z of sex. It's part four and Z is for Zoptic. And I'm with the amazing and gorgeous Lisa Robin Deutsch. And we are talking about, well, what are the tools you use to really feel good about yourself? So, um, I mean, for me, it, it really is the first, first and the biggest part of the work was about getting rid of the past messages and the past trauma. Um, and really, um, and shame and embarrassment, um, and, and some of the, some of the ideas that I was taught, like, you know, what, what beauty looked like, what beauty was, and really looking at what I had, um, and, and working on feeling good about me. And I didn't start with working on feeling good about me physically. I started with working on feeling good about me, period. And the better I felt about me inside, the better I felt about what I saw in the mirror. Um, And so that's where I started. And when I'm having trouble with that, I will do things like affirmations. Um, I do gratitude practice as well, and that always helps, I think, with my outlook 
um, on life and to remind myself of all the wonderful things that I am privileged to have. Um, and those are probably the things that I spend the most time on. Um, but I think the key is really doing your work. And that's really working through any of the shit from your past, uh, getting rid of shame, dealing with trauma, and being able to be fully present, which I think people have a lot of trouble with. So, you want my tips? Yeah. <laughs> um, I would say I'm going to now do, do some of that work that you said, because we grew up probably similar Jewish critical families, mm-hmm. and I was never really round. I was just criticized. <laughs> and um, so I'm going to do some more of that kind of with the self-image. But, you know, when you say you have a bad day and you don't want to get out of bed, put a beautiful outfit on. Don't put, don't grab the sweats or whatever. Right. Like put something on pretty. That's really helped me that, you know, I've always been a fashion girl growing up in New York and I love fashion and I'm kind of eclectic, you know, with my, my stuff now and style, but we're, I know I thought, think of the book again, but I think I have a sentence about that. Put some red lipstick on, put right. some peach lipstick yeah. on, you know, we have that as women to be able to do, you know, put, make your nails pink. Um, do something that makes you feel beautiful yeah just something little like painting your nails pink or putting pink lipstick on could change a whole day a week absolutely yeah and it's something so simple Um, I think self care is very important I do a lot of you know bubble baths I do a lot of incense I do write in my gratitude journal Um, I just you know quiet time Sometimes it's really just calling a friend that you know loves you and just like, oh, like yesterday I was really sad. Something came up and it really went deep to hurt me and how I felt. And I called a couple friends that I knew loved me and who would say, oh, you know, it was great. I noticed how that came up and why. And then, you know, adore me and said nice things. And so sometimes just a phone conversation with somebody, you know. Sometimes Um, a hug. Uh-huh. Yeah, physical yeah. touch if you can, even from a friend or a partner. Yeah. Pet your cat. I got a little kitty yeah. over here. <laughs> or cuddle your dog when my my two yeah. are waiting for me at home. Yeah, I mean one of my things for sure is my children. I have an eighteen year old and a fifteen year old and um they I say through everything I've done, a Hollywood career, everything that my biggest accomplishment are my two children. So, like today, my daughter forgot her lunch, and I was hiking with a friend, and instead, I said I could bring it to her, and I had some meetings, but I switched it, and then I picked up this, like, yummy sandwich from her place, and I brought it to her as a surprise, and that just made me, of course, feel good, and she was so excited, and yeah, so that's what really has saved me, because I've really had, I've been a single mom the last 10 years, had a bunch of careers, Still, you know, going through my ups and downs with my financial stuff as things, you know, are, are growing. And my angel, my girl, both my children. But um, that's really helped me, you know. But it's, it's sometimes just the little things of self-care. And the gratitude of meditation is big. The other thing I've done in the last year, which I should mention, which has been really cool, is I've been doing chanting with Buddhism. Oh, cool. And, yeah, it's been really fun. But really what that comes down to, I think it's neat, but it's that community. So we have that community. It's like 
that we can talk to people when we're, you know, going through things. And you realize we all have the same things. A man, a woman, we all go through very similar things as humans. Absolutely. And I mean, that that's one that I think is, is really important is having some type of community, whatever kind of community works for you, where you can share some of those things, where you can come for that kind of um, closeness um, and for that shared vision or shared activity. It, it helps balance when things are, are feeling really really bad or when you're feeling really low, the worst thing you can do is isolate in those circumstances. Um, and, and the self-care um, is an area that I think people don't pay enough attention to. So we, so many of us are so busy. You know, we've got very busy careers. We've got families. We're trying to do everything all at once. We want every bit of life, which is great. Um, but making sure that you're actually taking the time to look after yourself so that you're at your best. So things like, and I know people hate this, getting enough sleep is huge, 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 huge in terms of our health and longevity. Um, And apparently we can't make up for lost sleep, which I was very sad about because I'm not the best at getting lots of sleep. Right. But, um, but it's a big deal and making sure that, you know, you, you have some form of balanced nutrition, nutrition, whatever that is, um, and making sure you have some quiet time for your mind, doing things that cause you, bring you joy. Um, anything that brings you joy really will be a reset. I always think if you're feeling bad, one of the greatest things that you can do is you can go and look at, you know, look at animals and play with animals and go watch toddlers for a while. There's nothing like watching a toddler for feeling joy. You know, watching a two-year-old running and that funny way that they do when they're happy really just, you know, causes you to feel the same thing. It's a, it's a wonderful feeling, and it's a great thing to do. If you have the opportunity, if you're feeling down, it's a fabulous pick-me-up. My son is 17 now, so I don't get to see much of that anymore, but. Well, and also exercise has been one of my big things. I took up surfing, yoga, I go to the gym. Today I was hiking. Um, That's really important. You're walking, just anything in nature. And the ocean has been a big part of my soul where just to sit there and listen to the waves crash. And you can always be in some sort of park or anything in nature and the quietness and stillness and and gratitude is really important. That's my key. I speak on that at Toastmasters. I'm speaking tonight. And um, now people are understanding more what that word means. So you start your journal in the morning. I do a gratitude jar uh, at night. You know, and you really change your brain into thinking of the good. You know, I mean, we really always think of the bad. That's the way our brain works. That is unfortunately so, the way humans are wired. We have a negativity yeah. bias. And the negativity bias is, is it's a survival thing um, from when, um, you know, big animals were looking to, to eat us and, you know, there were no safe spaces at all. And that is unfortunately hardwired. And if you want to get rid of it, you actually need to work with it. You can't just expect it to disappear. Um, so you need to work at looking at the positives which doesn't mean you never look at a negative. You know, you still look at the negatives. You do stuff with the negatives, but otherwise the bias is towards the negative, and that's not, not at all helpful in day-to-day life. 
Or you see it and you know why it is. Like something that came up yesterday triggered something in me and it brought me back to my inner child and hurt me. And it wasn't somebody on purpose hurting me. It was just somebody making me feel invisible that I wasn't as good as some of these other people. But that was like triggered my sadness. So the why. And I started my Instagram about three, four years ago and organically grew uh, and it's only positive. And I was always posting all these positive messages all over. And, um, you know, it's just just sometimes you just have to read or see or turn your head or listen. And I was just talking about this yesterday in a podcast about we're so busy, we're not noticing the blessings. We ask for stuff from the universe or however you look at it, God. We don't even notice when it comes through because we're always, you know, on to the next or multitasking or or in yeah. the head. Yeah, no, that's yeah. really important to take time out to observe. And I, you know, I'm guilty of that sometimes. And I'm aware that it's, it's like, you know, I've been pushing and pushing and pushing for something and then miss the opportunity because I was like worried about something else. And I wasn't paying attention to what was right in front of me. Um, or you're judging it or you might say, yeah. Oh, well, maybe not is that really right. Or maybe not. Or what if that, or yeah. Well, we're, so. we're, all, we're also a long way from our intuition a lot of the time. And I think that, um, you know, that gut instinct is really important to, in, in terms of keeping us from, from danger and negativity, but also in, signi- in signifying sometimes positivity and the ways in which we should go and our true, our, our, you know, however people look at this, our soul path or um, right path, whatever it is that people see whatever their idea of spirit or higher power is, you know, we get messages about that. We just often don't pay attention to them because we're so in our heads so much of the time, which is one of the reasons why things like meditation, um, any kind of a meditation practice is very useful because it's getting out of your head. Yeah. So the key is to do more from your heart. Yeah. You know, and we really go from our heart where it's not our ego, it's not judgment. I mean, I was born with this gift. And um, I remember years ago writing a journal how I wanted children because I had so much love to give and when I was in my 20s. And even not being judgmental, another gift I was really born with. I mean, yes, of course, I think things like everyone else, but um, I really am not age, race, everything, like, you know, we're all beautiful in who we are, and I think that is more coming out in our world. Um, that is always so amazing to me, the people that I know who um, who master that. I, I have a really good friend, she's one of my best friends, and we are, like, so different <laughs> in terms of our life choices. We're really different. You know, she is, like, so conventional compared to me. It's just not even true. And people will ask her, how can you two be friends? Because I'm so unconventional. And it, she is the most non-judgmental person on the planet. So I can go and I can say to her, you know, oh, hey, you know, um, hey, I, you know, we're in a polyamorous relationship and I've just met this person and blah, 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 blah. And she's totally cool with hearing about it and will rejoice in my joy with no judgment whatsoever. And it's, it's so amazing. It, it, you know, it, we just so enjoy each other's company because we can just let each other be who we are and really just have joy with each other. And if we're having difficult times, listen and support rather than going to that critical place. And it's such a gift when people are able to be that way. So there it's almost full circle of what we said at the beginning. 
<laughs> so rejoicing us all, right? Our bodies, our age, our color, our everything, and us all loving ourselves of who we are because you're right, that judgmental thing. And it is changing. Like yeah. what you said with your relationship, you know, before like what? Look at you have transgenders, you have so many things now. And it's like, okay, people are becoming more open. Absolutely. That, you know, that's that's what you choose. That's your path, you know. So, um, you know, and what makes me happy and you happy might be two very different things. We might have things in common, but, um, you know, we're all individual and we all, that's the key, I think. The key is to figure out what makes you happy because it's so easy for us to go, oh, look at that picture. Or I want what they have or whatever. And to say, oh, wait, what makes Lisa Love happy? Like, Absolutely. why was I given this words, Lisa Love? How did this even come about? Now that's my name. <laughs> and, you know, it was really because people saw who I was like that. I was in Hawaii and I was surfing. I got into surfing. And, um, you know, I think it was just uh, some we went to Australia surfing. And there was a, a statue or something said love. And then I tattooed my first tattoo said love. And, um, and then it just kind of stuck. I sent my art that way. And. And I do believe that for sure we're here for love, you know, back to Bob Marley and some of the greats, um, you know, love more, love yourself more, love your partner more, even somebody that maybe you have a difficult time with, you know, you don't know what they're going through, right? And call them and tell them you love them. They might say, you know, what do you, why are you calling me? Or they might say there's stuff, but you know, we all, we all have our stuff. And um, I, I always say to people, I always remember my daughter's, Go ahead. Oh, my daughter was my son originally had this fifth grade teacher and she was always sign that with her emails. You never know what somebody's going through. So be kind, something like that. Yeah, I love that. I always tell people we're all works in progress, right? No, no matter how finished somebody looks, no matter how perfect they look, no matter how much you think we're all works in progress. And I'm so glad that I'm a work in progress because when I stop growing, I'm dead. Um, so it's, you know, j just don't make assumptions. Um, so if people want to find you and they want to see the book, where can they get it and where can they find you? So um, my Instagram is only positive. Um, my Facebook is Lisa Robin Deutsch, which I don't know if you post on this afterwards with, you know, hey, spell it. I'll do, <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. A, I'll do okay. it. Yeah. And uh, my company for my art and design company is soulful design by Lisa.com. Um, I'm based here in Malibu, California. I love new friends. Um, I love inspiring others. Um, I'm really here for this mission and all I do, but really my company to get out my images in the world more. Um, and the book is called becoming myself again. It came out on Amazon today. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. And it's really neat that I went to Bali to write a book and a script. And it's my story, but this is my first published. I was published with a poem, but this is my first. And it's 15 women and how powerful um, with 2020 with everyone and their stories. And I only read one chapter. I wanted to wait till it came out. And I'm sure they're all powerful, very spiritual, strong women from all over. And I'll be doing book signings. Maybe I can get to London. Hey, that sounds I'm great. I am good. sure that I am sure TJ would be thrilled and I would be thrilled. So everybody, Aww. thanks again for listening this week. Um, 
we will be back next week when the letter is E. And E is for entrepreneurs in sex and health. And I'm going to be talking with the CEO of um, B Condoms. And um, I'm really looking forward to that. It should be a lot of fun. If you are in the London area, stay tuned for the upcoming events. Grab 30 minutes with me um, by going to bit.ly forward slash 330 minutes. Doctor, that's capital D R, and then Lori Beth. So it's with a capital L and a capital B. I will speak to you all next time. Have a fantastic week. We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of The A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week.